You are listening to an episode of The Handycast, a podcast within Disability After Dark, talking all about our new venture, Handy, with your co-hosts, Andrew Gerza and Heather Morrison. Hey everybody, Andrew here. Just a quick intro to this Handycast. We are so excited because in this episode, we get to sit down with two brand new testers of our new sex tech designed for and by disabled people. The handy joystick. So we are, we are so excited to sit down with our new testers today and talk to the people that we gave the prototype to to see how does our new toy stack up and work for them. And they gave us some amazing responses. They told us that the toy made them feel more confident. That the toy would change the world. They said the toy was really important, and you'll get to hear all that by listening with it to our interview with our testers, Nathan and Rachel, who both hail out of Australia. Um, and we, are, we were really excited to sit down with them. So that's what you're going to hear on this episode of The Handicast. And then when you're done, be sure to go to thatshandy.co and register your interest to know more details about when the toy is coming, pre-sales, all those things. Make sure you go to thatshandy.co and sign up to hear more. But we are so excited to introduce you to the testers today and let you know all about the handy joystick and what they thought of it. And this is a really important episode as we move forward with our goal at Handy to put pleasure within reach and to make sex tech accessible for people with hand limitations. So have a listen, enjoy this one, and um, thanks for listening to the Handycast. Hey everybody! Welcome to the another episode of the cool of the cool podcast within a podcast, the Handicast within Disability After Dark, where Heather and I sit down and tell you all about our venture with our sex toy company Handy. And we have such an exciting day today. I'm gonna let Heather kick it off and tell you what we're doing here today. Amazing. Hello, everybody. Um, so over the last couple of months, we went through a really amazing and also fairly rigorous um, process of testing the handy joystick. So we were at a point where we were just about to take the joystick into factory prototyping. Um, and instead of doing that and spending um, a lot of resources on um you know, factory and, and, and factory ready prototypes, et cetera. Um, we wanted to get a really good sense of the overall design and test that in a really sort of rough and ready way. And I mean that quite literally. Um, and so we selected um, 10 amazing testers from all around Australia. We sent them a very crude prototype to get a good idea of, is the overall design working? Where can we improve it? And what is the good, bad and the ugly? And I think most importantly, we really wanted to talk to people who were, <clears throat> Um, going to be using it, but also have occupational therapists and the design team on the calls with us. Um, and so the way that we structured it is that we sent everybody these um, prototypes. We didn't give a lot of explanation in terms of what to expect because we really wanted to get everybody sort of first, um, you know, understand what everybody's sort of first um, reaction was um, because it's so different to anything you might get in a, in a store. And then we followed up with them about a week after, after they had sort of taken it away and put it through the paces. Um, and we did that uh, 10 times with 10 different people, the full design team, myself and occupational, is quite off, occupational therapists quite often on the calls as well. 
Um, and yeah, the point was just to make sure that as we progress towards um, actual manufacturing, we understand where the design is doing really well and also where the design can be improved. Um, and the more you talk to people and the more that you bring people into that process um, who are actually going to be the ones using it, the more like insights and light bulb moments you get. And you could just see the design team like doing the most dirty doodles on these calls and their notes were just absolutely filthy afterwards um but you could also see like a million light bulb moments going on in their head um and so just having that really lovely opportunity to actually talk to people um and get things in front of them and understand like what was working and, and more even more importantly what wasn't working um and now that all that amazing information has been fed back into the design process and the next step for us is to actually finalize those designs and progress them towards um factory prototypes um and then we'll do it all again and we'll <laughs> we'll test again we'll find out you know what's working um, and if there needs to be more improvements um and then um and then we'll head toward head towards manufacturing so for us it's just this constant iterative design process of designing listening to people testing it and then refining the design and making it better and continuing to step closer towards um final design and I know that all of you listening who have followed our journey have seen kind of what, you know, what the toy looks like. And I know you've been chomping at the bit to hear about testing and to hear about how the toy works and how it's going. And so today we are so excited because we're bringing you two of the testers that tested our toy. who are going to tell you all about that experience. So we're really excited. So I want to introduce you to our testers today, uh, Rachel and Nathan. Hello. 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 Hi. Thanks for having me. Thank you so much for being here on, on the Handicast today. So uh, I want to start with you, Nathan. Can you just really briefly introduce yourself to us? Tell us a bit about what you do and your disabilities. And um, yo, yo, my name is uh, Nathan Testman. Um, other people know me by name called uh, MC Wheels. Um, I'm a, I'm a hip hop artist on the Sunshine Coast. Um, I I got asked to pleasure myself um, um, with with testing um, this uh, device um, and yeah and I was pretty I was pretty open to um, to to trying it out since I'm a part of the 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 handy book and all that sort of stuff so I definitely wanted to give it a crack and see if it would be a bit more um, what is it uh accessible for myself because with yeah. my condition which is called um spinal muscular atrophy with respiratory distress um some things within my muscular stuff is a little bit difficult for me to utilize so i thought if i could try this out and it was a bit easier for me then yeah um it could be a you know wonderful moment amazing thank you and also really cool that you're a, a disabled hip-hop artist i don't think i don't think i've ever come across one until right now so that's really cool yeah we're, we're a pretty rare species um so there's not many of us around <laughs> um uh, and plus on the sunshine coast where you get no freaking money for it so yeah <laughs> i mean one one next time you drop some beats uh let us know and we can use we can maybe shine a light on some of your music on the show at some point so cool thank yeah, you we'll um, do it. thanks man and then rachel hello Hello. Um, so yeah, I'm Rachel Worsley. So my day job is um, being a, the founder and CEO of a startup called Neurodiversity Media, um, which is basically a media company for neurodivergent people and creating resources, neurodivergent being autistic, ADHD, dyslexic. And so myself, I am autistic and ADHD, and I also strongly 
suspect that I have dyspraxia as well um, and because um, and that's the reason why I wanted to be a tester as part of this cohort because um, I really struggle with sort of the flying motor control like even day-to-day cooking is difficult chopping stuff and that manipulation and I go okay that, that's really difficult it's like sex toys was just like the worst for me basically yeah. and so yeah I found out about this testing through Heather because we both went through a accelerator program together and I also contributed to the handy book and I just thought this was a natural next step to wanting to do this testing because um yeah it's kind of an area that's been sort of an area of shame and personal embarrassment and I kind of wanted to really push through that and kind of believe that um you know self-pleasure is a human right and it's something that I wanted to really experience and just because I had these barriers didn't mean that you know you know, I should give it a go. So yeah, that's kind of why I'm here. I'm super grateful for the opportunity. Well, thank you both so much for being here. It's certainly not easy to talk about this stuff and to come on the platform and be so open. So I know Heather and I are really appreciative of the time you've taken not only to be a tester, but also to to do our wonderful little show within a show. Uh, th- thank you so much. Um, I think just to interject, I think what was really like interesting for us as we started to um, get people um, volunteering to be testers is just like the wide variety of different types of um, disabilities and backgrounds that people were coming from. Um, everything from more physical disabilities, but also definitely stretched into um, some like mental disabilities as well, or mental health, uh, dis- mental health um, areas. And for us, we just hadn't really necessarily anticipated that when we put the call out, but it was really interesting talking to people from all sorts of different backgrounds, walks of life, disabilities and perspectives. Um, who were um, who were finding that they had barriers to self pleasure and 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 some, many of them in and around like hand strength and hand weakness or a lot of people just like getting in their heads about stuff um, and 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 having a really hard time just sort of like letting go and and feeling the pleasure instead of worrying about um, what their body or their hands or their brain might be might be doing or not doing so that for me was like a massive um, it was just really interesting a massive light bulb moment in terms of you know you think you're designing for one. Um, subset of the population or one specific need or barrier but then actually you start talking to people and you realize that those lines are actually way more blurry than you thought that they would be and that there's more people that can benefit from what you're doing than you originally anticipated yeah totally and and I think you know how hearing Rachel talk about about the neurodiverse stuff and all the all that stuff is really um I wouldn't think that that I wouldn't have thought you would have been it (laughs) Sorry, you wouldn't. I wouldn't have thought you would have been a tester. So I appreciate that you're both here, and thank you so much for being again being so candid. Heather popped off, so I'm going to continue the conversation. Uh, but and so let's let's do that now. So I'm going to start with you, Rachel. Um, what did you want to get out of of the te- being a tester with the the joystick, and what is this kind of tech? and our mission to put pleasure within reach mean to you? Yeah, it's it means, yeah, for me that, you know, uh, there's nothing to be ashamed of in terms of wanting to be able to self-pleasure and not, you know, letting sort of your, uh, I guess, kind of like your physical challenges, especially something that feels so invisible as well, because on the surface, it's sort of, you know, I'm not in a wheelchair or anything. People think I'm fine. I could do it. But yeah. it's sort of like until you see me kind of handle stuff or try and handle sex toys or try and even pleasure myself with just my hands, it's actually just so much more difficult for me. And so for me, yeah, being a tester and how it aligns the mission, right, is sort of trying to show that 
disabilities, I guess, in, you know, sex, sex and pleasure come for, in any form. And, um, and there's nothing to be ashamed of, you know, wanting to try products that are actually going to be better suited for you and for your needs and for me to push through that because it feels like it is you know two parts right psychological and physical as well it's sort of like first I had to sort of kind of really get through to hang up that psychological thing of you know not feeling very sexy or all that because you just can't really self-pleasure right yeah. and then and then and then it's and it's the actual physical act of doing it as well then it's sort of like you know it's like, okay once you achieve that mental thing because that's all about you know trying to feel good about yourself because it actually helps you self-pleasure so you kind of do that then it's no point wearing the physical stuff but it's like both at the same time for me yeah. so that's kind of what you know I really hope you know getting out of this process and you know the joystick has really helped so much with me really feeling so much more comfortable myself and just being able to feel pleasure and just realizing that it's actually possible you know and it's and just sort of that's amazing that's so fantastic because you know we we would think that like you know the toy would have some benefits for your like for you to get off the physical benefits but also to know that it's giving you confidence to feel sexy and to feel like you deserve this is also a really powerful statement and that's to know that from someone who's tested tested it is that just that means that's such a boon for us because it means we're doing something that's going to change the game for a lot of people so thank you so much for letting us know that uh, and Nathan the same question to you um and I'll just reiterate the question because I forget what it is. The same yeah. question to you. Um, what did you want to get out of being a tester? And what is the, the tech? What does this kind of tech and the mission of Handy mean for you? Um, well, I think for me, what I wanted to get out of it was uh, mostly for the fact of, of you know, because I thought it was such a great thing what they were doing, you know, trying to come up with a sex toy that was, um, trying to be as beneficial as it could to a huge variety of different, you know, disabilities. So I thought if it works out, you know, for myself really well, it would be um, quite a nifty um, piece of equipment for myself as a way of like, um, you know, uh, getting like self-pleasure without, you know, things being um, quite difficult a lot of the time and stuff. So, um, you know, and it just might be a little bit easier for myself. And I think I just kind of wanted to be a part of, you know, something quite amazing that I thought was going to help, you know, a lot of a lot of people in that sort of area. You know, I think for myself, any any sort of thing that I could do to, you know, be a part of helping people with disabilities in a, in a community or worldwide or whatever, I really like to be a part of that just because I would like to see people with various disabilities reaching their goals and and their um you know their desires in life the best that they can so if i could you know lend my hand and my little um what do you call it knowledge or you know the way that, that the way that it went for me and give my little tips and hopefully that it would help out that way i was happy to so yeah that was mainly a reason for me amazing thank you and i also i can't let this pun go unnoticed you wanted to lend a hand uh, yeah yeah <laughs> um so thank you so much and i want to ask like so just so people understand for both of you and i think nathan we'll start with you again um before having the handy or the handy joystick what was self-pleasure what was the, the journey of self-pleasure like for you um well uh i mean I, I i mean i discovered it as a very young age um and stuff like around about like 13 um 
but then I, 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 with, with my condition, I was able to use like, um, you know, my hands and stuff like that as a way of, of, um, of doing it for myself. But once my condition started, you know, progressing and I started getting a bit weaker and all that sort of stuff, and it was a lot more challenging. So I had to try and find um, different kind of um, alternative routes to sort of take. And that's when I, that's when I discovered, you know, utilizing like sex toys. So like vibrators and stuff like that, which was a lot more easier for myself that if I could just hold it decent enough and just, you know, put it where it needed to go. Um, it, you know, it would get me to uh, where, where I needed to go. So that's basically what I've been using um, to this day. So I don't actually have um, any any strength um, anymore to be able to use like my own actual hands and stuff like that. So I have to use um, their toys and stuff like that to be able to get to where I need to go. Yeah, I, I can appreciate that because for me too, I lost the ability to sell pleasure a couple of years ago, which is why we started all this because, you know, and similar to you, when I was 13, I learned how to masturbate and that was probably the greatest day of my life when I was 13. <laughs> this is great. This is awesome. This feels great. But then, you know, as your as my disability progresses, like with cerebral palsy, you know, they tell you it's a, sta- it's a static condition and it won't change. But of course, we know that's not true. And, I, you know, losing the ability to do that was really hard and really painful. And so, uh, but I can't even use toys. So, you know, to know, to hear someone else say, you know, I got too weak to do it. I understand exactly what that feels like. Yeah. And, and, and I mean, I, and like, I don't even know if it's going to get, you know, worse and all that sort of stuff down the track. And that's why, you know, I've looked into the whole um, sex, sex worker sort of stuff. And, um, so, you know, with like sex um, escorts and stuff like that, that, you know, I occasionally see and stuff. So, you know, if things were to go down, you know, down the road and I wasn't able to do anything myself anymore, then I would still be able to at least utilize that and have them assist me and all that sort of stuff. Yeah, and, yeah. You know, with this toy being one of those things where, you know, they're looking at, you know, people who needed maybe possible assistance for it. Um, you know, again, that's another sort of um, great um you know, uh, yeah, thing that it can do for you is the fact that, you know, someone else can assist it with you, so. Yeah, and, you know, just to quickly piggyback on what you said, sex work is amazing. I also see sex workers when we're not in crazy COVID times. Uh, So, like, I think that's great, and I hope that, 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 and I'd love to have you come back on at some point and talk more about that, because. Yeah, for sure. Because it's. I'm right there with you, so I get it. Uh, yeah. But Rachel, I want to move to you quickly and ask the same thing. Um, you know, before the handy joystick came into your life, what was your journey of self-pleasure like? It was pretty, well, kind of almost non-existent. I mean, I was always humping pillows and, you know, stuff as a child and sort of like that, you know, kind of that sort of thing. And, it, you know, that kind of mostly then continued into adulthood I suppose and sometimes but then it was like pills are too small so then it kind of went into rolled up juniors pretty much right so I guess that's why the joystick was seemed like a quite a natural sort of thing for me because I go yeah I'm kind of always cuddling something or holding on to something while trying to get off essentially by moving up and down with my body right but one it's pretty tiring too I often got pulled my you know pulled a muscle or something doing it which kind of ruins the whole experience and uh, and, you know, and I just think for me, that was kind of mostly the best way to get off because I just couldn't really use my hands. It just always felt awkward for me. And it just sort of was like, not really doing this right. I'm like, 
why is this working? And it just kind of reinforced all the struggles I always had with just that kind of fine motor coordination. And I kind of, and it's interesting, you know, mentioning like sex workers and having that help. In a way, when I think about some of the past sort of relationships or even sort of, you know, past flings I've had, right? It was sort of like, I almost needed that assistance from somebody else who was happy to just self-pleasure, to pleasure me as a way for me to help me feel pleasure because I couldn't do it myself. You know, I always felt embarrassed, like not being able to masturbate in that sense because I just, you know, I just really struggled, you know? And I feel like, you know, part of it could also be a lot of the psychological hangups I had around it too. And, you know, and like, and that's kind of thing, just sort of trying to figure out a way to do it. But it's just sort of been so difficult that most of the time I kind of gave up on it. And it's only really me getting off if I was just really like just needing to let it off. And, you know, that's just sort of been a challenge for me. Um, so yeah, before before the Hattie thing came along, you know, it was just really difficult for me, you know. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, I I do know. I, and I think all of us in the room can 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 understand and feel that kind of frustration of like, I just want to come and I want to, I want to, I want, I want this like, no, but really I just want to come and I want to feel good and I want to do what everybody else is doing and I want to have that release and I can't, I can't do it. And it's, it's such an emotional toll on you of like, and you're right, Rachel, when you talk about the shame and you talk about the upset, because like, you know, for me as a, as a male identified person, like it's, and I'm sure for Nathan too, like there's, there's a whole sense of like, you lose a sense of your of your masculinity of who you are of like your maleness because like I can't just whip it out in the privacy of my home and come if I want to and it, it's hard and so you know when you talk about shame Rachel I I feel that really hard as a disabled person I it was really hard for me to talk about it and, and really the only reason that I really started talking about it was because I was like if I can't do it myself I need help so if I talk about it maybe I'll get someone to help me so I understand <laughs> your like desire for that assistance. Um, yeah. Nathan, I want to I want to switch to you for a, a minute. When the when our beautiful handy joist, our crude prototype, came to your door, and you saw it, what was your first like? Were you like, what is this? Um, well, funny story. Um, all of that stuff went to my neighbor's house. So, oh no! Um, <laughs> so um, and he started unpacking it because he thought it was for him. So. Um, so, and then he sent me a message and he's like, oh, hey, I think I got your mail. I've, I've already opened like one of the boxes, but because I thought it was mine because I ordered stuff as well. Um, not, I don't think specifically that, but yeah. Um, but yeah um, so that was quite funny. Um, and then I had one of my support workers here um, who actually be coming around like, you know, within five minutes now today. Um, and he helped me unpack it and we were looking at what it was, but we were baffled by it like when we were looking at it I was like what like what is this am I supposed to put my thing into this big hole and you know like get a big like um rash or something like that or some sort of burn sort of thing because we couldn't figure it out like how it was sort of working and then eventually we were like oh okay you put the toy in the hole and it squeezes it so that way then it won't fall anywhere so um so which was quite um yeah, which I thought was quite smart, actually. But when I tested it, I um, I wasn't actually able to use it um, quite quite easy because um, I have a uh, a lordosis in my spine, so yeah. my spine curves in, so my chest and stomach sort of shoot out, sort of thing. And um, I 
for me, it's it's difficult to it was difficult to use because the toys that they gave me were like ones where I had to um, insert in like a male vibrator one, so I had to be inserted in, and yeah. it was too difficult for me to figure out as to like where things were with how my spine is, sort of thing, and um and I didn't have the strength to put anything in, and obviously at that time I'm getting like frustrated and annoyed, so that I'm not really like oh yeah you know sort yeah of thing. yeah um so yeah so it was a little bit of a challenge but i told him um all the things that i that i felt uh, were a little bit of a challenge and um and what i what i would find beneficial for it and all that sort of stuff so yeah awesome and and we really value that feedback and uh and rachel same thing for you uh what was it like i hope yours didn't go to any neighbors did it go to a neighbor <laughs> No, it, 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 but it, it did, it did land on my, on my front porch. And at the time I was living in my own place. I've moved back to my parents' place, but actually at the time my mom had also arrived around the same time the package was on the door. And I know the oh. package was labeled foam roller on it. And my mom's like, Oh, is that for you? And I'm like, Oh yes, it's for me, mom. And I was like, I'm taking yeah, I'm it. I'm going to hide it away. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> I was, <laughs> but I just, I, I was, I just laughed because with Kevin, I said, Oh, it's funny. It's called a foam roller. I was like, it kind of is sort of half a foam roller. I suppose so it's sort of yeah. like a half 50 percent true description of what it is but i mean like, like a, putting it together <laughs> it's like a foam roller and a pool noodle it's you know it's a it's a it's discreet enough that if you didn't know exactly what it was you didn't you don't need to know yeah it was i mean it was labeled on the on the package as well but i knew obviously what it was and yeah. i was like okay and i so you know i brought it in and like i sort of knew i guess from the description i had to put it together so it wasn't too hard for me to figure it out and then it was sort of trying to figure out where the vibrators went in and the different holes and that kind of thing in the toy itself so I guess for me I mean I'm lucky because I guess from the sense of putting together something that was quite big it's obviously not so difficult for me to put it together I think if I had to do a little fiddly thing with it that would have been tough but so putting it together was pretty easy. It was actually then positioning the vibrators inside the, the toy itself that was, you know, the slightly tricky part, but it was a lot better than actually the vibrators just by itself because I know I had like the actual framework of the toy itself holding it in place. And so for me, yeah, that experience putting it together was easier and the experience of using it was even better, right? <laughs> wow, awesome. That's, I'm really glad to hear that. And so... So for you, Rachel, like, so, you know, we want, we want to hear what worked. We also want to hear, you know, how, do, what, what are some of the things that you think we could improve on? What are some of the things we could make better? Yeah. So now this is like zooming back a little bit. So I, yeah. So for me, like what I really enjoyed about it was just that it was, you know, pretty comfortable for a prototype, I suppose, because I guess you had a little pillow end and then the sort of end that's splitting out on the side. Yeah. And, um, and so at least, you know, kind of the natural action, I guess, of cuddling it and holding it was just something I was already used to. So that part of the design, you know, that super worked for me. Um, and then in terms of, um, you know, like improvements, I guess me, you know, I guess it's just sort of about trying to get the vibrators in the right position and sort of trying to hold it in place. And I guess that's the tricky part really is sort of ways to kind of make it easier and also like to find a way to easily control like the, the pattern or the tempo and stuff. Cause I guess at least for me in the past, one of the worst things of, you know, vibrators and stuff is like, I just always see the hit the wrong control or whatever at the wrong time. I'm like, fuck. Yeah. And, and then so like, 
and it's a lot worse, like not not as bad for this one and all that. So just sort of a way to be able to kind of control it more easily for me is kind of ideal. Um, but, you know, as a starting kind of prototype and all that, like, you know, over time I've gotten, you know, more used to it and figure it out. And because, yeah, it's, it is the different, you know, you, for this toy, it's like I got three different vibrators to kind of put in the slots to kind of test it. And yeah. so, um, yeah, it's kind of testing which ones worked and which ones didn't and also positioning them and positioning my body around it and all that. So, um, yeah, so for me, it's kind of been, it's just more like refining, I guess, this sort of um, the positioning and also that kind of um, patterns of the vibrations as well and how that fits in with the toy rather than, I guess, at the moment, it's sort of separate um, and whether it's integrated or something like that or it just holds it into place. Um, but yeah, I mean, that's sort of been, my experience and I you know overall though it's just been it's been really great honestly <laughs> amazing amazing and and Nathan uh you know you said there was some initial like it was tough for you to to kind of get the toys in there but once you started using it did, uh, how was that um you know I think I think for me it was it, it I think for me it was more the fact that um, the way that it was designed, my own body was just struggling with it, basically. So, yeah. you know, which which I said, you know, um, which I was saying to, like, Heather and um, the other two that were in this Zoom chat, you know, like, I think it's a great thing what's, what's being made, but it might be a bit of a struggle to try and get, like, thousands and thousands of different, dis different disabilities, you know, to be able to work perfectly for it, you know what I mean? Right. Yeah. Um, you know, because like I said, um, if if I had a straight, like straight spine and all that sort of stuff, it might have been actually a bit more easier for myself. But you know, I tried different various ways, like either on my back and like doing some sort of jujitsu move to, you know, hold it in place. But even that was too difficult for myself and laying on top of it sort of thing or laying in the side. But all those ones were just a bit too difficult just because of the way that like my chest and stomach would push out and then my pelvis reason would be like so far back. Yeah. So to use something like that, I would need um, a fair little bit of, of assistance. Um, and like there was asked if I wanted to have an OT there to help me, but me and my OT, we're not really like close, close to be, you know, <laughs> like that mm -hmm. sort, of, sort of thing. So um, we haven't gotten to that part of our relationship just yet. <laughs> so, yeah. um, so I was like, no, I, I would like to probably more test it like by myself. And, and yeah, so, um, so it was a bit of a challenge for, for myself, but yeah. Awesome. Well, again, we, we're, we totally are going to take that feedback and do more testing and, and you haven't seen the last of this and I'm sure, you nah. know, we, we will, you know, we're going to definitely work on this, but what are some of the what were some of the favorite parts of the design for both of you? I really enjoyed um, the the foam um, the foam material and that whole big like big cylinder foam um, part where the actual blue peg like went into. Um, I thought that was really cool because it was like a very nice thing that you could actually hold and, and hug and, you know, hold on to. I actually really think the peg design where it actually holds um, one of the, uh, the what well, holds the sex toys in was, was good in, um, was good in that aspect, uh, was good for that, you know, but I was saying to them, like, for someone like myself, I, 
it, it I need to use like slightly like actual kind of like women vibrators basically. So like that have the ball on it. So I was saying if you could find something that just kind of sits like a little golf ball, you know, tea thing that will just sit in there, then I could just sit on, then it would work. Yeah. yeah, it would work out really good. So yeah, but everything else, yeah, I thought was quite good. Awesome. Thank you. And, and again, well, we're going to, we're going to work with that feedback for sure. Um, and Rachel, for you, what was your favorite part of the design? Yeah. I mean, I, I'm the same with Nate. I think I like, I like the sort of that cushion part of it, I suppose, I guess it's sort of, it, it was pretty comfortable um, for me, I guess, because I guess that's sort of the thing too. So half the time it's kind of part of the self-pleasure experiences to kind of really feel comfortable and that for me was sort of really helpful in that um and sort of being able to position my body closer to the vibrator to sort of you know really get off and um yeah. and so uh, and also yeah having the options of different holes obviously helped because I had sort of those different size vibrators but also it was sort of interesting you know because basically um they, they, it doesn't have to be necessarily fitting in the holes it's just depending on whether my legs can kind of also hold it into place or or move it around that kind of thing so having to use that manipulation and so sometimes I felt like I experimented with not you know having to stay still all the time I might move slightly a little bit just to kind of get extra action but that's just because I'm so used to self-lettering yeah by the way um but like but that just makes it easier really because the difference between not having the joystick and before that is sort of at least the vibrations you know are generated automatically and I don't have to do it myself sort of thing yeah. so um so that part of the design just having those different options and kind of testing it is great because that just gives me so much more options for experimentation than you know having to do it myself in that sense um so that sort of you know both aspects have been you know good I suppose but definitely the comfort factor with the lying ahead on that thing is good although I think after a while I probably sort of developed a little bit of a bit of a sort of little rash or something like that but that's just because of like the particular material or something like that but it's fine it's not we'll make sure that we'll make sure that then the the actual devices make sure we'll make sure that doesn't give people (laughs) rashes we're not in the business of giving people i might have just been like lying on it way too much that's all (laughs) maybe it was so comfy you were like i don't want to leave it maybe that's what it was i know Uh, i know that was probably that's for a while (laughs) yeah that's what it was um uh so i want to ask you both my last words with you beautiful people and thank you so much for coming on. What does a toy like this mean for you and your sexuality and your pleasure? Uh, either one of you, we can start. Uh, well, I mean, I think um, for me, it's noticing that, um, you know, people are trying to help out um, as best they can within the disabled community, you know, and realizing that, there's some people out there that deserve to um, feel pleasure and deserve, you know, to feel either self-love or what, you know, and all that. And they can't, you know, necessarily do it um, quite well. So, you know, they're trying to at least help out in some way that to give them a device or a toy that will actually help them, you know, feel that wonderful, you know, feeling basically with inside and, you know, feel like they've got a bit more, you know, control over their own body and all that sort of stuff. So, which I think is quite, um, you know, quite an amazing thing because, you know, if you discover that for yourself and you can do that for yourself, then, you know, you you, you kind of get a bit more back control over your own body and, you know, and that's something that you can do and and enjoy. So I think um, for a device like this, it's, it's uh, quite an amazing thing and I know that will help out, you know, a ton of people around the world. Awesome that we're going to just 
take that quote and put it everywhere because that's amazing. And and Rachel, what does the toy what does the toy mean to you? Well, I think it's interesting because yeah, mentioning about how it means like for my sexuality and stuff. Someone is came, who came out as bisexual late last year, so kind of really late in my twenties. You know. Oh, I think congratulations! Sort of... And oh, <laughs> yeah, it's but it's I guess it's interesting, right? Because that was kind of part of the the thing for me was sort of me kind of being in denial for so long, and it just sort of felt like it correlated with my, the denial of myself that I was deserving of self pleasure as well. Because um, I guess that was kind of that journey for me, I suppose, was that I guess in, you know, the sort of heterosexual relations I had in the past, like perhaps, you know, a woman's pleasure is sort of not as high on the list in that sense. I guess that's also a terrible <laughs> indictment on past relationships, but it's not their fault in a sense. It was just me not really understanding my body and, um, and, and not knowing how to sort of advocate for it or articulate its needs. I guess that was my real struggle. Um, but like, you know, I just realizing being bisexual and being open to relationships with women kind of made me feel like putting, you know, self-pleasure sort of as more of a priority for me, you know, and, and kind of really trying to explore myself more in that sense. Um, and, and so, yeah, this toy, I guess, means a lot in, in that journey for me, I guess, in not only sort of helping me be more comfortable with, you know, my bisexuality as well, but just being more comfortable with myself and my body and you know being proud of it I suppose in in a lot of different ways um that you know I didn't I didn't have you know I felt like you know I sort of kind of missed the whole sort of teenage experience I suppose in that sense like 10 years ago or so and sort right. of kind of really catching up now a little bit because I just kind of really felt like yeah I missed out and sort of been good to kind of capture what it could have been like I guess like you know sort of if I had known and and sort of giving myself that permission to love my body and love myself in that sense. So yeah, that's why the toys meant a lot, I guess, in that journey for me. I'm so glad that the toy helped you feel proud about your sexuality and allowed you to like, you know, allowed you to kind of have that second adolescence that you were, you felt you missed out on. I'm glad we could be a part of that journey with you. Yay, that's exciting. Um, <laughs> so Nathan, do you, have any last, do you have any last words for us, Nathan, on, on the toy or anything you want to let us know? Um, not, not that anything's running through my mind at the moment. Um, I think, you know, I, I, I gave Heather and, and I think two of the design people, um, you know, a bit of feedback as to what, you know, would be more beneficial for myself sort of thing to be able to utilize it and stuff. Um, and yeah, and then I think I've, I think I've sort of said everything that I, that I could say, um, today, there's not really much else sort of, um, running through my mind yeah no but i just appreciate you allowing me to come on and and share you know share my thoughts and views and feelings and stuff yeah it was really wonderful yeah of course we loved having you and i'm sure we'll have you again at some point but how now because you're you know you're an artist and you're a rapper and you do those those things um rapper right did i get that right was it yeah 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 not a christmas rapper yeah um yeah (laughs) so how can the people how can the people get a hold of you how can they follow your work how can they support you um so i go by the name of mc wheels so if you type into google um capital m capital c space capital w h e l s um it'll come up with like my website my facebook page um there's instagram page called mc wheels 94 um and if you type in just mc wheels on spotify all my and on itunes all my music's up on there and all that sort of stuff so yeah Nice, nice. I think, you know, being a disabled rapper and, and I, it's just, it's, 
it's an intersection that I don't, we don't often hear of. So I think that's really cool. And I, I totally support you. That's awesome. Um, Thanks, Matt. And Rachel, the same question for you. Any, any parting words for us today? Um, I guess I almost probably said it all. I just suppose, yeah, it's sort of, um, it's just really great to have this conversation publicly and stuff. You know, I really wish we, I had heard more of this conversation when I was younger. And so, you know, it might've made it easier, but you know, at least it's always better late than never. Right. And so I feel like that's kind of it. And um, the more that we can talk about it, you know, then the more sort of, you know, especially someone like me that has, I guess, in some sense, an invisible disability, you know, where, where I guess in some way people probably just assume that, you know, I'm fine when, you know, I'm go, no, I'm not, you know, if you kind of really sort of drill down on it. Um, and, and so I feel like that's just really important that um, self-pleasure is, you know, accessible to everybody, you know, and, and there's no shame in asking for that help or finding some kind of solution that helps you get there. You know, it's, it's, it shouldn't be something that you should be ashamed of just because it doesn't necessarily come like naturally to you or whatever it is like you know I guess that's part of it the the journey is also knowing what works for you and that part but it is getting through the psychological and, and the physical sort of side of things and then being able to discover that so yeah for everybody it's you know with whether it's with Handy's joystick or whatever it's that sort of really important I suppose that's sort of definitely my parting message there. <laughs> Awesome. And so I, I love what you're doing with neurodiversity media. I think it's really great. I remember when we were in the remarkable cohort last year to try to get the funding for this toy. Um, I remember seeing your pitches and stuff and thinking, this is a really great thing. So how do the, how do the people get a hold of you? How do they support you? Yeah, sure. So, um, yeah, we're, we're all across um, social media. So with Neurodiversity Media, neurodiversitymedia.com, um, ND Media HQ is the handle on Twitter and Instagram. Um, and I myself can be followed on Rachel underscore Worsley on Twitter, Rachel Worsley ND on Instagram. Uh, and uh, yeah, and Neurodiversity Media and pretty much the other social media channels as well. It's the best way to, to get hold of us. Basically, you know, just as a quick overview, uh, we just produce uh, information resources about neurodiversity in the workplace primarily. But um, for me, I guess, as the CEO and founder, you know, I think, um, you know, there's a big conversation around, you know, trying to separate work and life and all that and sort of I kind of go, it's a work-life integration. And so for me, um, you know, while I focus on the workplace, the resources, I also think it's important to also create conversations around, you know, all the other aspects that intersect you know with that kind of identity without necessarily swallowing the all of it I suppose you know so that's kind of yeah that's what I'm about awesome and I think you know talking about neurodiversity in the workplace and anywhere really we're not doing it enough and I, I really commend what you're doing and I, I will make sure that both you and MC Wheels is uh, are in the show notes so that the people can follow you and support you I want to thank you both for coming on this really cool important episode of the Handicast. Uh, Heather and I have made a commitment to try and do one of these a month. It will live on the Handy website at that'shandy.co. And you can also go to that'shandy.co to register your interest to hear about the Handy Joystick. And also pre-sales will be hitting soon. So go to that'shandy.co to give us your email and, and register your interest because our supplies on the handy joystick will be limited and we want to make sure you are the first to get your hands on it no pun intended um rachel and mc wheels nathan thank you so much for coming on today and we will talk to you soon all right thank thanks you. man bye thank you.